Welcome in the latest episode of the SEC Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Michael on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin, Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, we were just talking off-air. What a weekend it was in the Mm. SEC. We got some upsets like you predicted. We had some great, great games, controversy. Man alive, was I having a good time retweeting all these Kentucky and A&M people calling me out after SEC media days. But how are you doing, brother? Yeah, I saw it. I think one of my favorite comments, and I'd love to give the guy credit, but he said, uh, what was the CVS? He said, we ought to be sponsored by CBS, <laughs> as much receipts as Mike and that SEC oh, p- podcast man. got. Because you got to remember, Shane, hell, I picked Kentucky to be fifth in the East. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, that's just oh, – that's nothing but clickbait. That's just – this guy's garbage trying to make a name yeah. for himself. Said it on the Paul Feinbaum show. Now, they ain't dead yet, but they got Georgia right. coming to town, Shane. If they, they lose to Georgia, Florida beats Vanderbilt, they're fifth in the East. So mm-hmm. – Really, I just got lucky, but I look like a damn prophet. Uh, and, and hey, I let them know because because man, it was media, it was Vince Morrow, it yeah. was Kentucky Sports Radio. All these people called me out. Well, who's laughing now? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I do know, and and I feel bad because here I said there is no way in hell. I mean, I doubled down, man. Not only did I lock down the Kentucky game, but <laughs> I, I doubled down and I said, you know, if I'm going to rank the upset options here i'm putting kentucky at the bottom of this list and i've never been more confident in a game i mean you got a quarterback down you've got all the pieces back in kentucky it's at home you know it just felt like it was the makings for just a bloodbath up there in lexington it's just unfortunately the the offensive linemen did not get the memo so (laughs) and another upset so this one it it wasn't just that one brother there was great games all up and down the sec and i can't wait to get into them with you yeah and before we do that shane hey i want to give a special shout out to avery cobb mississippi state fan fan of the show shane he sent us our own cowbell that's featured mm-hmm. here in the podcast yeah. studio, Dead Center. If you see it here, he sent us a little note, Shane. I'm going to throw this up on the YouTube as well. Hail State, Mike and Shane, thanks for being a constant stream of only slightly biased content. <laughs> Keep it up. Well, we do appreciate it, Avery. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's it means the world to us that we've got so many fans from all across the SEC sending us stuff. We've got mm-hmm. A&M gear. We've got Missouri. we got Kentucky. we got Mississippi State. Anything anybody wants to send us, we'll put it on this show. Cousin Ollie sent us a number of items. Some I don't think he really wanted to send, but they came with the bourbon <laughs> bit. But, uh, you know, it, that's what it's all we're about, a, man. It's, we're it's all a about podcast the fans, for you know? the people, you know? Yeah. That's it. We, we're a fan-run podcast, and and uh, it's, it's, it's good. We talk about all the SEC teams, and we're going to talk about them. We're going to continue to talk about them. Uh, there's some, there's some awesome stories this weekend, you know, but we wouldn't be doing it if it weren't for the fans, Mike, it, we wouldn't, I would have gave, I would have cashed out a long time. If it was just me and you talking, Mm -hmm. Mike, I would have said like, Hey man, let's just, 
let's just pack this thing up. You know, I, I've done, I've, I, I'm a working man. I ain't got time for this. My wife's already about to leave me. And you know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> She's not. I think she enjoys these times. You know, it's like, don't you have a podcast? And I'm like, no, honey, it's Monday. You know that. She's like, isn't there something you could talk about? Did Jimbo get fired yet? You know? <laughs> so uh, I joke, I joke, but uh, we do this for you guys and, and girls. And, and it's, it's really a highlight for me, Mike, just getting on here talking college football because guys it's november it's november think about it december january what's in february what's in march i'll tell you what's not in march college football so i'm soaking up it may be a kentucky vanderbilt game by god i'll watch it 15 times if that's the only thing on the tv yeah well let's start right there shay because we even us we try to hit on all the teams shane we don't get vanderbilt enough love and truth Mm -hmm. of the matter i mean they have to turn it around around on the field, and it started Saturday in Lexington on the road. Huge underdog here, but Vanderbilt goes on the road, snaps a 26-game SEC losing streak by beating the Kentucky Wildcats 24-21. And, Shane, I mean, if you – I assume a lot of people probably missed the game because they thought, well, this is not going to be a ball game. There's a nationally televised Tennessee-Missouri here on SEC Network. Or no, it's ESPN. CBS. Well, C- CBS. CBS, but ESPN, yeah. Arkansas, LSU, a battle for the Golden Boot. I mean, there was big matchups in a conference, big matchups around the country. Yet here on SEC Network, Vanderbilt won the day. And it's Shane. This was not like some well fluke game. All these turnovers. Right. K- Kentucky actually won the turnover battle. Shane, they were they were up plus two in the turnover battle. They Vanderbilt got their first turnover. Will Levis threw a Hail Mary at the end of the game that was nowhere near the end zone. That was the, Kentucky's only turnover of the ball mm-hmm. game. Kentucky didn't score a touchdown, Shane, till the fourth quarter. And, you know, we were talking up Vanderbilt's rushing attack against South Carolina. We'll get to them in a minute. But 264 yards on the ground for them Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, uh, Ray Davis, Mike Wright, both. Went over 100 yards. And again, this is Vanderbilt with a backup quarterback. Yeah. Because A.J. Swan's out. Now, I know Mike Wright started. He's got experience. But there's clearly there's there's a reason he's not the starter. He's, he's very ineffective as a passer. But third downs, Shane. Kentucky, 4 of 12 on mm. third downs. They had four red zone trips. And they managed 12 points out of four trips to the red zone. That's how you lose games like this. We, we've said it time and time and time again. Vanderbilt defense, worst unit in the SEC. They outplayed Kentucky with Chris Rodriguez. Who, he did his yep. part. 162 yards for Chris Rodriguez, two touchdowns, and a 72-yard touchdown that you thought, okay, this, is, this has been cute, but Kentucky's going to close the door. It was about five minutes left in the game. He scored that touchdown. Kentucky went ahead, but Vanderbilt marched 80 yards. Go ahead, touchdown. Had to convert a fourth and 11 with the game mm-hmm. on the line. They got it done. They scored on the goal line with a Mike Wright pass. And, God, Shane, I mean, I, I'm i sure people just think I'm piling on Will Levis at this point in time. I realize he's banged up. He's gutting it out. But 11 of 23, 109 yards passing, no touchdowns. He was my prize pick selection of the week. God, this is is the worst loss Mark Stoops has ever had. I know he's had 
some there on Lexington, but with the, the, the roster he's got, with the quarterback they build up as a first-round draft pick, absolutely no excuse, no show. This is on coaching. Mm-hmm. No, it's coaching. It's schematics. I, I think. Um, I, I think one of the thing that drives me nuts is you know it's easy to look at a stat line and say, well, Will Levis sucks. You know, he's he's what eleven to twenty three hundred nine yards, no touchdowns and a pick. But the man was running for his life the entire game. Even on the last few plays when they're trying to get into field goal range, you've got a three sometimes four three three guys coming at you you got six blockers and they're still getting it will levis i've never seen anything like it so you know he's playing scared back there uh he's just getting no help rodriguez you would think is as productive as he's been here at the tail end of the season that that would open up some lanes but that it hasn't there's just been no separation with the receivers will levis doesn't have time to go through his progression and then when he does a lot of times he makes the wrong mis- uh, he makes the wrong throw so this was just all in all terrible play calling i, I i'm one of those guys mike you know i watched this game and, and i'm not gonna blame penalties because there was some terrible calls yeah. this whole weekend not not just in this game but there there's some questionable calls but i was i'm one of those armchair quarterbacks saying God bless it. We need a new coordinator up here in Lexington because I just felt like he was getting no help. And there was, I had no idea what they were doing back there. So, but I I don't want to give, I don't want to put all the blame on Kentucky. I want to give some credit to Vanderbilt. You mentioned third downs. Well, if you look on the other side, Mike Wright and company made some fantastic third down conversions to keep some of these drives going. You know, his legs really did become a, a focal piece, but he de- he kept them honest with a few passes. That's one thing that you some of the some of the guys that we watched th- this Saturday, they kind of became a one-trick pony. Mike mm-hmm. Wright kept this defense honest, and as soon as they would load up the box, he would find somebody out there. So that's what I liked about it. It was just a well-coached side, game on that side of the ball. Tough fight. Mike Wright – Comeback player of the year because of the – I mean, you got benched, man. He comes out. He's a world beater. Everybody loves him. And then all of a sudden they don't. And then he gets benched. And now Swan comes in. But then he comes out and he wins this game. And now see that big C on his jersey, that captain? That's that's a, that's a team leader, man. Didn't pack up. Didn't quit. Didn't talk about transferring. He just hang in there. And he came in and helped Lee get his first SEC victory. So I've given – I don't even know if we're doing awards anymore. But Mike Wright, you deserve <laughs> one of them, you fat. Bastard, you know. <laughs> yeah, what's he broke broke loose on that? Uh, what was it like a seventy yard touchdown? Yeah. You, hey, Dude. Vanderbilt's cooking with something here in this game. They showed up ready to play. The other team may not have, but let me ask you that, Shane. I mean, because that every time someone asks me about Vanderbilt football, that's that's the question: Are they going to win a conference game this year? Yeah, we've killed that narrative now. We've mm-hmm. now we still got a long way to go. I understand that. You got Florida and Tennessee to end the season. You're gonna need to pull off some massive upsets here to make a, a bowl game. Uh, but even if you don't do that, I mean, this was the first hurdle that you needed to overcome. Winning a conference game, hell, winning a conference game on the road. Yeah, Vanderbilt plays uh, just as well on the road because hell, a lot of their home games are kind of like an, an away game, but. How big is this for Clark Lee and company to get that buy-in? They're doing it on the recruiting trail. They're building this thing up, get players to buy in, show that their process is working. I mean, this is far and away his best win as Vanderbilt coach, don't you think? 
Uh, yeah, no, and that's that's the thing. That's you know, he comes out after the game. He's very emotional, and it's exciting as an outsider looking in because you know they're building something special over there. And it's not a quick build. It's not a it's not a LSU going to the SEC championship year one. You know, but it's 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 putting in the effort. The guys that. St- that stepped up today, upperclassmen's right uh, at quarterback. You got uh, Ray Davis, uh, another one of those guys that's another hundred yards senior. That's what they're doing. They're they're going to have to build and they're going to have to put some age on these players to be competitive in the SEC. So that being said, you've got to build and grow, and it's a slow grow. And the fact that we're here year two and getting a top twenty five victory, I, I don't think if you're an administration over in Van. Vanderbilt, you're discouraged. I think you're happy with the future and the progress because there is a lot of fight in this team, and there will be here on out as long as Coach Lee's there at Vanderbilt. Yeah, and I forgot to even mention, Shane, this flu bug that's been going around, apparently it hit Vanderbilt pretty hard this week. Clark Lee said uh, on Wednesday he was basically totally ineffective due to the flu. Like you said, very emotional after his first conference win. Let's kick it over to him uh, right after beating Kentucky in Lexington. Coach, a 26-game yeah! SEC <laughs> An emotional win for your team, making history. 26 games in the conference, finally snapped that streak. You said it was going to take every ounce of control. How did your team show that here today? Well, they fought. I mean, you know, there was um, opportunities for them to uh, make assumptions about the outcome. We got behind late. Um, you know, they just kept fighting. And I think when you stand the fight and you believe, good things happen and they were able to make it happen there at the end you said that your quarterback Mike Wright had to be patient with opportunities how did he successfully manage the game today well look there's going to be a lot to clean up but you know we we like to learn from wins and I'm proud of Mike Mike's had a tough year um, personally a tough year but he's fought through that and stayed uh, stayed with his teammates and prepared every week uh, he's made some big plays for us this season. He came up with a big one there at the end to connect with Will Shepard, and I thought uh, really did some nice things to keep us in the game early. And, you know, I'm proud of all the guys. They earned that. They earned that. It's been a long, long run. <laughs> Excuse my emotion. They earned it. Coach, what's going through your mind right now with these emotions? You, you, got, a, you got a bunch of guys that are fighting, and we're building a program. Building a program's hard. And... Um, takes tough people that are aligned doing the right things the right way and that's what these guys are doing i'm glad they got rewarded today now on the flip side shane mark stoops where where do we go from here you mentioned it already yeah offensive coordinator maybe offensive line coach and i i mean i was not even kidding when i said this shane i never in my life have i advocated for player to opt out but Hell, I think if you're Will Levis, you, you're almost like trending that direction because, like you said, he's out there gutting it. He's playing hurt. They're getting him killed out there. Yeah. And this is Vanderbilt. This is, again, the worst defense in the conference. Now you got Georgia coming to town, the best defense. Imagine what they could possibly do to him. This has got to be, Shane, like a circle the wagons type game. Just like we saw Arkansas. We'll get to that game in a minute. But you lose in embarrassing fashion. You, you turn around, you play a top-10 team, you, you show some guts and resolve. We'll learn a lot about Kentucky this weekend playing the Georgia Bulldogs. Will they cave? Will they rally? And, you know, what do you think is the answer here, Shane, for, for Mark Stoops and company? Is it time for him to go? Because I'm sure they're ha- they'd be happy for him to stay, but 
man, you just yeah. you're hearing more and more of the the speculation and the Auburn job. I don't think he's a candidate for the Auburn job anymore after this <laughs> one. But man, I I just don't know what is the answer. I don't know what the future is because this was supposed to be your best team, and it's it's one of your worst in you know four or five seasons. You know, it's funny. It's like when I view Lee, I view him as a young Stoops. I, I you know, just. If you remember a few years back, that's what Kentucky had to do. They had to build this roster from the inside out. Yeah. And, and that's what made them special. And that's because they were a family. They were deep. They were they, – they just they, – they played harder, it felt like, at times than other SEC teams because they had to. And, and then all of a sudden you get into that, that sunshine and everybody starts talking about how good you are and we start getting some of these transfers coming in and and then here come the expectations. And it feels like this season has kind of, I don't know, all that progress that you've made while you've been up there, it feels like we've took a three-year step back. I'm not panicking because – this is still a good roster. This is still a good team. I still think Mark is a great coach. I just think he's got some – the pieces around him aren't as strong, and I think that's what's starting to show. And, and you know, one of the questions they keep asking is for a coordinator, and, you know, I, I think, yeah, sometimes you miss. I You remember uh, Coach O, his first – Mm -hmm. uh defensive hire right <laughs> i mean and, and that didn't work out and then uh, then the following season he corrected it and they go on to win a national championship so i'm not saying that's what kentucky's going to do next season but you know if you're if you're not surrounded by the right pieces it will show up on the field it will show up on the recruiting trail don't give up on mark i still think the future is bright up there in lexington but you know clearly they've gonna they're gonna have some things to work on in the off season yeah and you mentioned awards i should have said this clark lee my coach of the week i think i think he's earned that honor great win for vanderbilt i'm good i'm not uh you know communicating uh well enough to push you know on the things that we need to get better at and uh you know that's that's uh frustrating and uh also disappointing and um you know something that that, that we i gotta figure out Mark, we've seen other schools make coordinator changes in season. Are you to that point with the offense where you have to consider staff changes now? No. Is there a consideration for your offensive line coach as well with the performance field line as with the guy? All right, how about this one, Shane? Big time matchup lived up to the hype. Alabama beats Ole Miss 30 to 24 in Oxford. And, man, Ole Miss has got to be kicking themselves. This, what we said all week, this was their opportunity to knock off mighty Alabama. It was all there for them, Shane. This game came down to the closing moments here. They just could not convert in the red zone. Alabama, for the game, was 4 of 4 in the red zone for 24 points. Ole Miss, 4 of 6 for 24 points. So, you come up short there at the end. That was obviously the difference. But early in the game, they chose not to kick a field goal, and I get that. You got to play aggressive. I, you know, I, I've always said that, I, and I believe it. You have to be aggressive against the best, like Alabama, like Georgia. You're not going to beat them by field goals. I get that, but early in the game, I think sometimes these coaches are a little can go too far with that. Um, there, another game we'll get to is just like that. You know, you got to settle your team in, 
take a lead in these big games. I think that's important. Ole Miss, Shane, this is another key part of this game. 17 first-half points, and they ran 47 plays in the first half. Second half, seven points total, only 34 plays run. So minus 13 plays run, and their touchdown came right after halftime. So clearly they they made some adjustments at the break, and then they just got – they did nothing with the ball. So credit Alabama for making some adjustments there. But uh, the difference at the end of the day, as has been the case all season, Shane, Bryce Young, just incredible. 21 of 33, 209 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. That little shimmy he gave late in the game. I mean, it's you have to appreciate greatness when you're viewing it. You know, and, and every right. time I see him play, I that's what I see. I see greatness in Alabama's quarterback. And Jackson Dart had his opportunities. He's a young guy. He'll get better. But he ain't Bryce Young. And mm-hmm. that, I mean, that. It's as, as simple as that is to say that's what the game come down to. Bryce Young, offensive player of the week. I mean, how you can't go any other direction than that, can you? Well, you could go the refs, I guess, if you're an Ole Miss <laughs> <Yeah>. fan. I'm <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But I've been there, and, and I, I see where they're coming from. They Clearly, they missed a few here. Uh, you know, we, we all seen the video, Dart getting pushed into the ground. Yep. We've all seen the, the face mask penalties that got missed here. Yep. Uh, but – when it all comes down to it, you're right. This the, the best player on that field, without a doubt, was Bryce. And, you know, he's not going to win the Heisman this year, but I'm not sure that's his fault. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I truly – I think, you know, some play calling here. Uh, if, if you want to talk about the, – these games, some of these Alabama games should not be close. Now, this one, I, I would say, well-coached team, uh, Ole Miss, they fought like hell. This should have been a close game, I think. But there's a few this year that shouldn't. And, and the reason it shouldn't is because I think some of this play calling has put Bryce and, and company in a tough situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're asking a lot from that kid. And, and he's giving you everything. You move him from that team and you put him on – Freaking Georgia. D- don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he's better. Well, yeah. Uh-oh. Man. Uh-oh. If you, I'm just saying, Mike, <laughs> yeah. you put him on Georgia's team. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's winning another Heisman mm-hmm. because he's not out there fighting for his life. He's got a team effort here. So, yeah. um, I know that pissed a lot of Georgia fans off. But, don't, I mean, if you polled the audience, you, I don't know. They're, they're pretty high on stats right now. I probably shouldn't have said that. Uh, but, anyway. He'll hey, put Bryce Young on Missouri, you know? Well, oh, there's a good one. Yeah. I, I think, and we're going to get to Mizzou here in a little bit. I mean, it's something we talked about. Mizzou, seriously, if they had a good quarterback, if they had a Bryce on their team, buddy, they're, they're probably a one-loss program right now, and people are talking about how good Mizzou is. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I I just – my hat's off to the guy. He's going to be a freaking athlete, may even be a, a Hall of Famer at some point in the NFL if he keeps progressing the way he does every year. Now, did you see Shane? Obviously, Lane Kiffin a couple weeks back. I'm trying to think of the opponent. I guess it was Texas A&M. He was mad. They were faking injuries, and then one yeah. of his linemen, oh look, looking over for the the adjustment on the goal line, key situation. Oh, he got a cramp. Down goes. I think it was Jared Ivy, the defensive lineman. So it's funny how uh, that's not that was not a problem for Lane 
here on Saturday when they needed it. But I just want to call attention to that. I don't know if he dog cussed him like he did that A&M player, but that was pretty interesting. And I don't know if you saw this, Shane. I'll, get, I'll play the clip in just a second. But after the game, Lane Kiffin was asked something like, hey, Judkins, hell of a day. Once again, he's he's all-time leading rusher, rushing touchdowns, I think, in a, in a single season with 15 at Ole Miss. I believe that's the stat. 135 yards. Two touchdowns in this ball game. He was unstoppable at times. Right. And Lane says, "Well, I don't give a shit about that. We didn't win the game." Let, let's play that clip real quick. I, I want to ask you something about it. Okay. I guess even in defeat, Jed can still rush for 135 yards against one of the better rush defenses in the country. I mean, you know, just kind of assess just what you saw through him just throughout 60 minutes. Yeah, I don't, guys. You know, this is. Let me just explain it really well. I don't really give a about how many yards we had, how close the game was. We didn't win the game. And two years ago, we walked off this field, and I said, we didn't, hear, we didn't come here to cover spreads. We didn't come here to play what at the time was the number one team in the country close. So all these things about, well, you did this, good, and, and freshman running back, it doesn't matter. We didn't win the game. So, you know, maybe some other places that's good or it's been here good in the past. It ain't good enough. We came here to win, to beat Alabama. We didn't do it. So we're 0-1. Um, today, so. All right, Shane. So, hey, people are reading this different ways, but mm-hmm. do you read that at all? Because I can, I can see this, Shane. Where maybe he's sitting here saying that, hey, I'm 0 for three against the guy I desperately want to beat. Maybe I can't beat him here with the talent yeah. that we have, that the talent we can acquire. Whereas. Obviously, the Auburn's job is sitting there. We'll, we'll get to that one, but my God, the scene—they don't have to ask people to buy tickets there. They—they'll—they'll they'll come to watch a, a one in five SEC program. They'll be happy to do it. You know, do you, do you take anything away from what Kiffin had to say? As in, you know, maybe he's just upset after the loss, yeah. or do you read into it anything like maybe? You know, this, this is just not a place where we can win championships or, or something to that no. effect. Yeah, I, I think you could read into it that way if you stop and think about all these coaches' comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, hell, we all saw the pirate there at halftime, you know. <laughs> Sometimes when you get them right off the field, emotion does take control. And one one thing about Lane, he is an emotional coach. Yeah. He's emotional at, at the mic. He's not afraid to say things, which a lot of people like. But sometimes you get authentic Coach Lane Kiffin. Here he is. He had an opportunity to beat the guy he wants to beat the most, and he missed it. He was one play away from the, another storm film winning game against Alabama. <laughs> I mean, it, it was almost like deja vu, it felt like. I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of Tide fans like, here we go again. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think if, if he had his opportunity, he may want to have that play come back and, and try one more. Uh, you know, in that situation, you've got a handful of plays that you're going to go to. And and I think that's what we got here. I think we got an authentic Lane Kiffin that's just truly upset he let one get away. Yeah. And credit Alabama and their, and their coaching staff, their players, Shane, didn't pack it in. Mm-hmm. You know, not that we assume they would. We both picked Alabama to win, but you know that was a, a talking point. They didn't have the West to play for, and the narrative would have been three out of four losses. I mean, it it would have been a God, what it would have been a rough week down there in Tuscaloosa. Oh, so yeah. credit them for for coming around on the road, tough environment, getting that tough, hard fought win. 
But with Ole Miss losing, Shane, and LSU winning on the road in Fayetteville 13-10, to it's official. LSU Tigers, Shane, won the West in Brian Kelly's first season. Did you see this? I, I wish I knew the, the guy that put this out. I thought it was great. I, I'd give him a shout-out if I remember. But he said, Brian Kelly, one-for-one one SEC West championships. Jimbo Fisher, 0 for 5 SEC West <laughs> Championships. Oh, jeez. But, man. No, what... <laughs> I, I, this is big. I mean, this is awesome for, for LSU fans because you, you you thought you could get there again. You just – I'm sure if you polled the audience, nobody thought year one would be in the mix. Right. You, I mean, there's people even talking college football playoffs, and, and you'd argue the fact if they beat – Georgia in the SEC championship that they definitely desire. I think if you win the SEC, yeah. you should go to the college football playoffs without a doubt. So, I, I mean, to be year one in that, absolutely. We we thought there'd be a little bit of a drop-off in this game. It was very, very ugly. Oh, my gosh. And LSU gave Arkansas a million opportunities to win this thing. Mm-hmm. And and kudos to that LSU defense, well, in particular Perkins, <laughs> for <laughs> for stopping them from 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 winning and, and pulling off an upset here. It was it was not your this is a this is your Papaw's kind of game, you know? You like running, <laughs> you like good defense. Well you would have loved this Arkansas. If you're I, I truly believe it, man. And are we jumping into this one? Oh yeah. Because I will tell you this, brother. When you start three series off with an interception, a punt to a 50, a fumble within the 20-yard line, mm-hmm. and you come away with three damn points, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This defense, Arkansas's defense came to play. Offense, not so much. In fact, they should have refunded everyone in the stands for watching that shit performance. They should not. Defense went halftime. They should have went in there and not let the offense come in. They should have stayed out there on the field. Those are the ones that needed the rest. But it was a it was a good game. It came down to the wire. It's one of those. But honestly, Arkansas had one good drive, two good passes, and that was it on offense. Right. And we got to note, Shane, K.J. Jefferson did not play yeah. That was critical to the matchup. I mean, everybody was complaining about how limited he was last week. We got to go to the bench. Got to put Malik Hornsby in. Well, we found out why they don't yeah. play Malik Hornsby often. Uh, he, Shane, was four of, running ni- back. four of nine passing for 24 yards. Yeah. And Jane it- Daniels, the Heisman candidacy, that ended as well. Eight of 15, 86 yards passing, no touchdowns. One interception. Still, he's having a hell of a year, but you're right. Arkansas defense and LSU defense, they came to play. They both wanted this one. It was just a battle back and forth, back and forth. And this is just the way the season's been going for Arkansas, Shane. I mean, they get they get this awesome offense. The defense can't stop anybody. <laughs> yeah. Now the defense coming around, they like... can't score the damn ball. And this was the one, Shane, I wanted to hit on. Like you said, four sacks in the first three possessions for Arkansas defense, mm-hmm. an interception, a fumble recovery that gave them the ball inside the 10-yard line, and they did not cash it in for any points. Mm-mm. Now, there's no way they could have known that this was going to be a three-point loss and, and only 13 points to 10. They could not have known that. I get it. But when you got a backup quarterback in there that you got no – threat to pass with and it's it's freezing cold there was anybody that saw it it was ice all over the field pregame yeah 
you have to take points there, especially early in the game. They could have been up 6-0. Again, that may have not it, it may not won, won them the game, but points were going to be at a premium. Uh, Going for yeah. it on fourth with a backup quarterback that can't throw it. That I mean that was just stupid. Yeah, but you got the number 7 team in the country and their backs against the ropes. You, you don't know how long this momentum train is going to keep rolling. I, I don't fault them for going for it on fourth down. I think it was, some again, some questionable play calling. Yeah. You know, it felt like there was a lot of giveaway plays, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, everybody in the stadium knows you're going to hand it to Rocket. <laughs> right. And it's like, why are we even doing it? Why waste that play? Everybody knows. I mean, once they dialed in and they realized – that uh, Malik was not going to throw the ball, that ended any possibility for Arkansas to move the ball. I did like the fact – I mean, you, look at it. You saw uh, – what's his name came in? They, they, he connects on two passes. Now, obviously, you know, the fumble at the end and all that, a couple mistakes there at the end, but at least there was some attempt – to, to pass the ball and, and keep LSU honest. And it, that's what helps the running game. So, I don't know. I, I just – I didn't like that whole situation. And, and it felt like that's what we were doing. And Malik just – he got scared. He wanted to run all the time and, and just tuck and go. But that's just – that's what he does. So, I, I don't know. Down there on the in the goal line, you've just got that big turnover, the momentum, the crowd's getting into it. You get a touchdown right there. You're up ten nothing. Mm. You know you, th- that's that's big. The way this game was going, ten nothing may have been the final 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 points put on the game. So uh, I, I I don't discredit. I don't you know that's emotion. That's that's rolling the dice. And sometimes I, I you got to like do it. that if you're. I didn't like. I know it. you and, did. And I, I know. I there know. was another one, Shane. Right, they were at midfield, fourth and short. They went for that one too, and. Yeah, it was just the worst play I'd ever seen. I mean, it, Malik, I think he was trying to pass it, but he ended up sitting down. I mean, it was like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it literally could not have gone worse. Obviously, that's not what they drew up, but why that was so critical, Shane? LSU turned right around and they scored their only touchdown of the game right off the right. momentum they gained. And again, this was, I think the score was like six to three, and we're going for it at mid- I mean this was clearly not an offensive day this was a this was a defensive battle and mm-hmm. seven sacks for Arkansas five for LSU eight tackles for loss for Arkansas nine tackles for loss for LSU and and like you said Harold Perkins had four of the sacks <laughs> tied an LSU all-time record my god Shane he is what it, we all thought we were getting in Will Anderson like yeah. he's that dominant they just used him to spy Malik Hornsby, and once they did that, who Malik Hornsby is supposed to be the fastest player on the team? Oh God! These announcers, I've, Perkins I've heard was more... bigger and faster than Malik Hornsby. I heard I heard more adjectives for how fast. It's like they were inventing words to explain how fast Hornsby and and even faster Perkins was. There was so much speed on that field, Mike. <laughs> But it was it was essentially a battle of one man versus another, wasn't it? And, and it was, it was high school football, eighties high school football. That's what this turned out to be. And, and I had a flashback. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, now, it, if it, you grew up was, playing in the wing tee, you would have loved this game. Yeah, that's right. They were talking. I, I saw that stat during the Texas A&M game. They were talking about how many losses. And they were like, they haven't had this many losses since 1950 something. And that was 
by the coach that invented the the wishbone. And I was just like, I felt like I watched the wishbone a few times uh, during this game. So uh, it, it'd be good to have some downfield passing. And, and I'm just disappointed. I, I'm disappointed in Arkansas especially because coming into this season, Mike, you remember the hype. Yeah. Oh, all these We were receivers. leading the hype train. I know all these receivers that we're going to have, these guys are absolute beasts. We don't, we, you know, I know we lost some talent to the NFL, but these guys are going to bounce back. I've not, I've not seen it. I've seen little flashes of it, but I've just not seen one complete game of these guys taking over. And I don't know if that's fault of the quarterback fault of the play calling or, or just the, just the players themselves not being that good. So coming from this game, Mike, did you feel like LSU limped into this thing, or do you feel like Arkansas played good defense for once and the offense just couldn't get it going? No, I think the defense understood, Shane, that uh, KJ was not playing, so they had to step up their game. Remember, I, I realized they got upset against Liberty. Nobody wants to take mm-hmm. you know moral victories from that matchup, but they shut them out in the second half. They, it seemed like they have figured something out there. Right, And I do think that Arkansas defense, not that they're going to be the best defense in the SEC or anything, but it seems like they figured some things out, really getting after it. And, you know, I think it was a little bit the conditions. Like we said, it was freezing cold. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was the perfect setup for an upset that uh, – and, and I think at the end of this, you know, already they're feeling it, but by, I think by the end of the year they're going to be looking back this one and the mm-hmm. A&M game as two games. Damn, we let – that slip away it was in our grasp should have beat lsu and a&m for the second year in a row but yeah coulda woulda shoulda you didn't get it done you know what (laughs) we kept saying lsu slow starts arkansas slow starts and we should have seen this coming mike six three nine three whatever it was there (laughs) at the first half this was just it was a slow slow start it was a slow game but yeah kudos to lsu locking down that sec championship now they got to win out if you're if you're gonna make the argument for college football playoffs they got uab coming up that should be an that should be a win uh Uh, texas a&m obviously uh that should be a win so the the path is smooth smooth sailing if they can just close out these two games uh it is set in stone they will play what is it december 2nd down there in Hotlanta uh, mm-hmm. for the SEC championship. Just proud of them. Good job, LSU. <laughs> we're in a different realm now. We're, we're, <laughs> we're being um, hunted, and we're going to get everybody's best shot. And, and they just they understand that. Um, so uh, we got some things to work on, uh, and uh, we'll enjoy this victory. And uh, we'll come back um, prepared for um, – UAB in, in senior night. Obviously, Harold Perkins, the game. I mean, you, you talk about how you keep him in simple roles, but I mean, what does that say about how special he is that, in that role? Yeah, I mean, I, look, there's a, what, eight tackles, four sacks, two forced fumbles um, all over the field, impacted the game, obviously, to the level where, you know, we win the game um, because of his final play, too. Um, multi dimensional player. Um, makes a great play in pass coverage, getting under, um, you know, a throw late in the game. Um, just, I don't think there's enough superlatives to talk about this young man as a true freshman um, coming into his own. You can imagine he was he was awarded the game ball, but um, yeah, 
He's uh, <clears throat> he got sick before the game. I threw up, and uh, as we were going into our team meal, uh, team meeting, and uh, you know, I said, "Hey, you know, MJ threw up when he had his greatest game," and he said, "Who's MJ?" <laughs> I was like, "Man, I am getting so old," but uh, yeah, he's pretty special. To, to win a game like this, you've come so far, and, and it looks like well, everything is just going to work out for you, but. It kind of illustrates your team is still growing, right? I mean, oh, yeah, but it's, it's look, you still have to find ways to make plays and, and, and win these games at the end. Um, and, look, we're, we're far from a finished product. Uh, I don't think anybody's in there uh, feeling like, you know, we've arrived. We've got a lot of work to do. Um, but during this journey, uh, we're still finding ways to win football games. And, and I think I said this from the very beginning. Uh, the goal uh, the, coming into this year uh, was to be better in November um, and to play hard and to teach this team how to win. Uh, th those were really, if you go back to my very first press conference, those, those were the tenets that, that I wanted to instill in this team. And, and those are there. They, they know how to win football games. And that's a great trait to have. Um, they, they believe they're going to win, and they find a way to win. And this is a, a perfect example of that. Yeah, two first-quarter takeaways. Yeah, they didn't score on either. Um, how critical was not doing that? And then the, the decision on fourth down near the goal line, just talk us through that. Yeah, well, I think I thought that sports were going to be hard to come by. Um, You know, we didn't have KJ and things of that nature, and we got down there, um, got the turnover on the 10, got about eight yards. I thought we were going to score, actually, on the first run, ran a little zone to the left, and then had two more plays of minus yardage, and and uh, I thought, you know, we got them down here, let's score a touchdown, and because uh, I thought we were going to have a struggle on offense and we already had them down there we go up 10 nothing and and uh, we didn't make it and then I thought the worst thing you know we've got them pinned back here and I know you're giving up three points at that point but I just thought the risk to reward was better going for a touchdown there all right Chad hey this is a perfect time to let the audience know we are brought to you by game time sidekicks I got my game time sidekicks Right here, they send us a bunch of gear. I liked it so much, Shane, I had to turn around and order a bunch for the holidays. And uh, one of my buddies has had a birthday. I get him his Game Time Sidekicks. You can get your Game Time Sidekicks, Shane, at GameTimeSidekicks.com and get 15% off your entire order. This is a Knoxville, Tennessee-based business run by a Florida Gator. So, hey, not completely biased over here. But uh, this is stainless steel drinkware, Shane. Really outstanding product. A very heavy double wall insulated lined with copper to make sure your drinks stay hot or cold all day, all tailgate, and all work day long. This is officially licensed NCAA gear. They've got every SEC team covered at Game Time Sidekicks. And don't forget that promo code, hey buddy. All one word, and they'll give you 15% off your entire order. Again, that's GameTimeSidekicks.com, promo, hey buddy, all one word. And you can find that information in the show notes. And we're also brought to you by Prize Picks, Shane. Head on over to PrizePicks.com, 
daily fantasy sports. What we love about prize picks, they got college football selections. I was on a heater, but damn, Will Levis and A&M, now I'm on a, you can fade my prize yeah. picks selections here, Shane. Oh, my God, I'm, I'm crashing and burning. But go on over to prizepicks.com. They'll match your initial deposit up to 100 bucks using that promo code SEC. Again, you can find a link to this in the show notes, but that's prizepicks.com, promo SEC. They'll match your initial deposit up to 100 bucks, So you can play play some daily fantasy sports with us. They got all the professional leagues, not just college football. So whatever sport you're into, even UFC, things like that, they got you covered at prizepicks.com. All right, buddy. Hey, next. So we know who's going to the SEC championship out of the West. And now we know who's going out of the East because them Georgia Bulldogs, Shane, stay undefeated, beat Mississippi State 45-19 to in Starkville. And, man, this was a little bit sloppy. But, again, Georgia had two turnovers. Mississippi State had zero. When you do that mm-hmm. on the road and you win by nearly 20 points, in a hostile environment against a veteran quarterback, that gives you an indication of just how dominant Georgia is, even when they have a little bit of an off day. Georgia had 12 drives in this game, Shane. They had seven scores, the two turnovers, and three three and outs. So, I mean, that's pretty damn good right there. I'll give them that. Mississippi State didn't score a touchdown until uh, midway into the third quarter. And really, this game – Kind of they, they cracked the door open there for Mississippi State right before halftime. Kirby mm-hmm. got a little cute. He, he pulled himself yeah. a Nick Saban. He was passing all over the field for some damn reason. Punted the ball away with just a couple seconds left. Mississippi State returned it for a touchdown to make it a 17-12 game at halftime. But again, Georgia dominated in the second. 5-5 five five in the red zone for 31 points. That was critical. Stetson Bennett threw a couple picks. But, he, man, did he have a sick rushing touchdown where, man, that guy's still uh, searching for his shoes after uh, old mm-hmm. Stetson juked him out of it. Lad McConkey had himself a day, a 70-yard rushing touchdown, five catches, 71 yards, and another touchdown. And then both of them, I don't know how you leave these tight ends wide-ass open in the end zone, but Mississippi State found a way. Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, all nine feet tall, Darnell Washington, wide open in the end zone. <laughs> Each of them scored a touchdown. Georgia just went on the road, took care of business. That's it, Mike. And and it wasn't like you said, it wasn't a great game for especially Stetson. Yeah. But one thing that I love about Georgia is that it is a total team effort. It, it you know, if you go around the SEC and you remove one player, like you remove a Bryce, you remove a Devon Achain, mm-hmm. you remove some of these players, Anthony Richardson. You know, that, that's the heart and soul of that team. And, and it and it goes to the wayside. It feels like they cannot move forward without those players. But you do that with Georgia, there's two guys ready to step up. And and, and you see that with the, just the receptions alone. I think everybody on that team caught at least two passes. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was some offensive linemen down there changing jerseys and catching balls. It was just, it was just a total team effort, and that's what it takes – I think to, to to just keep winning like they are, but it's going to take that to win at the next level. They're preparing, Mike. These boys are preparing. They're they're making sure they don't fumble along the way, but they are getting ready for 
tougher challenges for for tougher opponents when it comes to the SEC championship and the college football playoffs. Georgia will be ready, and they do that here. One falls, doesn't matter. Two picks them up. Right. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Shane, because that, you know, that's what makes Georgia so unstoppable on offense is you just don't know who to cover. I mean, yeah. Kiaris Jackson was making big-time plays, and, you know, their running backs, some of them had an off day. I know uh, – Milton had a touchdown late in the in the game. It was good to see to get him going. But it's like you could you could cover this guy, then they get you over here. You cover that mm-hmm. guy, they get you over there, and, and on and on and on. And you don't know if they're going to pass all over you. They're going to run all over you. They're going to use a tight end to rush. They're going to use a receiver to rush. There's just yeah. there's motion. There's sweeps. There's this. There's that. And like you said, Stetson. Not that he had a horrible performance. Hell, he he scored what four touchdowns in the game, but. Right had some key turnovers, it didn't even matter because yeah. the defense keeps them. They're still elite. Like I said, they didn't allow a touchdown till midway into the third quarter. It was really just Mississippi State's uh, defense making plays, special teams making plays that kind of kept them hanging around a little bit and the officials a little bit. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. rare to see a, uh, a home team not getting all the calls. It's usually the away team complaining about that but it was mike that was a fumble wasn't it that wasn't for okay i i'm just i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm with you the pirate i i think that was that was definitely a fumble there but but again there was never a doubt in this game you never said okay that now mississippi state's gonna win uh i i felt like the team was was given everything they had i felt like the fans were there they were loud they were proud this is a this was a hostile environment mm-hmm. but I, it just nothing not you couldn't slow down this machine and this machine moves on to next week yeah coach obviously you know your development of your program is a little, you know a little bit behind where georgia's is but you know, what steps do you feel like that this program needs to take to be competitive and win these kind of games in the years ahead well well first of all i I think uh, <clears throat> I think I'll ask uh, every other team in the nation that's below them what their thoughts are, and maybe make a collective of uh, ideas and select what I think are the best ones. Um, now you just keep doing what you're doing and doing it better is the short answer, you know. Well, speaking of that, Shane Machine on Rocky Top, Tennessee. <laughs> 66, good night. Missouri, 24. Shane, all we did was hype up his Missouri defense all week, and Tennessee (laughs) nearly put up 70 on him. How about it? I mean, 14 drives Tennessee had. They scored Mm -hmm. 10 times, and nine of those were touchdowns. Goodness. And in Hooker, you know, he was great, but still there was a couple passes he'd want back. That being said, 355 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, and a rushing touchdown where the safety is still trying to figure out where Hendon Hooker is. Uh, Jalen Hyatt went over 1,000 yards on the season. He had a, another big game, seven catches, 146, and a touchdown. Luther Burden got involved. Shane, that was good to see. He got mm-hmm. a touchdown. Drink, man, what a play call that was on fourth and one. Goes over the top of Tennessee's defense for a three, 43-yard touchdown and that Brady Cook man he's slippery at least he was for about two quarters there and kept Missouri in this ball game and it was actually Shane 28-24 I believe in the third quarter but then Jalen Hyatt got wide ass open Shane for a (laughs) 68 yard touchdown and it was all downhill for Missouri 
at that point in time. And how about Joe Milton, Shane? I mean, my goodness. They brought Joe. When you bring in the backup, most people are like, okay, this one's over. They're icing it. No, not with old big arm Rocket Milton. I mean, he's he literally threw a 70-yard pass through uh-huh. the air, resulting in uh, the, the final touchdown there. And, and Dylan Sampson, the, the freshman running back, Shane, yeah, he added a little wrinkle that we had not really seen from him, at least eight carries, 98 yards, a touchdown. And how about this? They didn't even play Cedric Tillman. They said, right. we don't need him for this ball game. Nope. How demoralizing is that for Missouri? Well, here's the thing, Mike. I love Tennessee Vols. You guys know this. It's no secret. Hell, my handle is Big Orange Vols. All right? So, obviously, yes, I'm a little biased when it comes to that Big Orange uh, T when I'm seeing them on the football field. But I'm going to tell you, brother, there was moments in this game – we were unsettled. Mm-hmm. Everybody, if you weren't watching this football game and you see 66 to 24, you're like, oh, Tennessee beat the shit out of them, didn't they? <laughs> no, no. This is late in the third quarter. It's still a ball game. It's a one-possession ball game. Yeah. And if Missouri had a quarterback, who knows how this thing could have played out. The bad cook showed up, thank God, to Neyland. Now, he had a couple of good passes. I'm not going to take that away from him. Mm-hmm. But they needed more consistent play, and I've seen that with Drink. Everybody makes fun of the of the salary he got and the extension, but there were some play calls out there that, if it were ran properly, would have resulted in first downs, would have resulted in uh, touchdowns. I, 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 I'm telling you, Mizzou is just one of those teams that – People don't realize how good they are until you actually play them. Ask Georgia how good Mizzou is. Ask South Carolina how good Mizzou is. Tennessee knows how good Mizzou is. The problem is their offense. And with the cook not getting cooking in there, what happened was it resulted in a couple three and outs, and that was what broke the back. And and this defense, it hung in there, buddy. It hung in there as long as it could. But when that offense went three and out and they had to get back on that football field, they couldn't do it. When the dam broke, it broke. And they just kept scoring. And then that's when it felt like Tennessee could do anything. And did they run up the score? Absolutely. You know why? Because the committee does not watch Tennessee and Missouri. They don't. They'll watch the highlights. They'll look at the scoreboard. They don't have time to watch every college football playoff game or or top 25 football game. So they're going to see that stat line, and they're going to think Tennessee, yes, destroyed Mizzou. But it was a tough football game, and my hat's off to the Tigers. They're they're better days ahead. And if you're unprepared for them, what's their schedule look like? Well, who they got after this? Let me see it. They got uh, New Mexico State, Arkansas. Mizzou wins out, brother. I'm telling you right now. Ooh. Good, good, good football team. Hmm. So they, mm, man. Yeah. Why do you hate Arkansas? T- no, no. no, I don't hate Arkansas. Well, I mean, if they do like they did. I mean. <laughs> but yeah, so clearly you got no issue with uh, with Tennessee piling on here. I, I, no, th- I think no. you made the perfect point. It's just wild to see so many people upset and clutching their pearls. I mean, hell, even Eli, <laughs> he was. You know, he may have been upset behind the scenes, but in his post game, I'll, I'll play the comment here. You know, he says it's no problem. They got to stop it. It's his, he coaches his team. I coach my team. So it's our job to defend what they do. So I'm, I'm, he runs his offense the way they've always run it. I, I got no issues with, with their football team or what they do. That's, that's up to each individual head coach. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, he was just running his offense. So I'm good. 
It's our job to defend them. It's our job to stop them. And it's our job to flip the switch. It's our job to to not let that happen. It's my job. It's my job. And, hell, they got their backups on the field. But you're exactly right, Shane. I mean, this is what Tennessee is forced to do because they got Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt to close out. They don't have a – you know, There's no top 25 team. Right. So you have to blow all these teams out to remain in contention. And, and hell, they're mm-hmm. still looking to get help from other teams. They have got to to make us look as dominant as possible uh, because, because of that loss to Georgia. They're not going to go to the SEC championship game. And, hey, this is just the way it is. And, hell, if you don't yeah. like it, like Eli says, then stop them. Mike, and, and let's don't act like it's not a little personal. A lot of people don't know Coach Eli came out on the Rome is Burning show and drugged Tennessee through the mud when he thought sanctions and vacated losses were coming. You know, so you take little stabs like that at somebody, they it's, it's rat poison. That's something that they could put in the locker room, and that's what they use as fuel. So, I, you know, Eli rubs a few people wrong. Maybe he, he did that with Tennessee here. Maybe there was a little stab there at the end. I thought Tennessee was going to take a knee. But they didn't. So clearly, there's a reason. Either A, they want to make it look better for the committee, or B, this was personal. Yeah. No, I, I think it was a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. But like you said, man, if Missouri, if only, you know, I don't want but, to sit here and hey, bag on, on the cook. But Mike, uh-huh. Mike, before you go on, stuff like this, though, bleeds into the following seasons. Yeah. And it makes this – it's not a rivalry yet – but it makes this game that we're going to play every year until there's pods and we're moving around a little bit more interesting. So I love this. I deep down inside, obviously it worked in my favor. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mizzou in three or four years may be a powerhouse, and they 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 run it back on us. I'll, I'll tell you this, brother. Growing up in my high school, we played a team, Oak Ridge. And Oak Ridge beat the brakes off of us in the playoffs. They never stopped. They could have. They could have put in the backups. They could have took it easy. They didn't. The foot on the gas. And the reason is my head coach beat the shit out of them back in the 90s. And guess what? (laughs) Revenge was on me. So I've been on the receiving end of that. I know what that's like. So it happens. It happens to all these teams. There's ebbs and flows. There's going to be a time Mizzou's going to be good. And if Eli's still there, don't think there's in the back of his hat he ain't going to remember this, and it's going to make it a more intriguing ball game uh, moving forward. So, yes, I love it. Even though it's it's a little little dagger, a little stab, and you probably hate Hopple. If you're a Mizzou fan, you'll hate him for the rest of your life because he's not there and he did maybe maybe because he's not coaching there i mean right. let's think of the personal thing so but anyway brother i just i'm just i'm rambling i'll let when, you go when Sorry. we talk about quarterbacks though shane you know missouri being a quarterback away and it you know in a different era of football you just, you'd sit here and say well god who i know they're they signed sam horn they got yeah. another touted freshman coming in so hope for their sake hopefully it's one of those guys but I sat around and thought of this, Shane. I didn't realize it, but nine of the 14 teams in the SEC have started a transfer quarterback this season. And and that's what college football is now. So you got a question mark at quarterback. There's no more attractive place to come play than the SEC. You know, all these teams that have a question mark at the quarterback position – they're going to be adding somebody, whether it's someone that's guaranteed to start or someone 
that is going to be in that competition. And, and hell, it's just going to make the guys you got on your roster better. So if you're a team like a Missouri sitting here saying, well, my God, we're a quarterback away. Man, a lot can change in an off season. You know what? No, well, I'm with you, brother. I mean, look, your your SEC West champ is led by a transfer quarterback. Tennessee Vols transfer. You've got even outside. We're talking Bo Nix. You know, couldn't get anything done down there in Auburn. Now he looks like a the Heisman candidate, world beater up there in Oregon. Right. So, well, things didn't go well this week, but you know what I mean. You <laughs> yeah. know, the the other Bo Nix showed up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'm just saying. That's what that's what Mizzou is advertising. Look, guys, look at these receivers, man. Now, is Lovett coming back? Yeah. Is he okay? Well, I mean, unless I mean, he transfers, but yeah, he's only a dude, sophomore. Just, I mean, just look at it. if you're a quarterback looking for a job, which is basically what the portal is, and you look up there at Mizzou and say, okay, I've got a good defense. I got two freaking awesome wide receivers. Mm-hmm. They've got no competition back here at quarterback. Yeah, I'm in. That's what you need to do. Get you a nice little NIL package put together. Find you a quarterback. Next thing you know, Mizzou's competing. Mm-hmm. Josh, uh, broke the school record in yards tonight. I, I know you guys wanted to win the game, but there seemed like there was a statement if you be on the victory. How intentional was that statement? Um, the, the, the statement for us is that we're a good football team playing good, good football. Um, what the scoreboard ultimately ends up being um, and what – you know, people down the line may judge us for. Um, we're, we're out of control of, of some of those things. Um, there were a lot of things that were, were good in the first half. There were some things that weren't offensively, all three phases. Um, we can still, our best football is still out in front of us. Um, I am proud of, of the fight, the competition, the ability to reset. Uh, second half, the way our guys went out and competed in, in all three phases. Um, you know, it uh, it was a good win. What did it say? Uh, said could have played in this one. Just everything that's going on, it has nothing to do with uh, the ankle. Um, it uh, he'll be ready to go next week, and and uh, just you know, as a program and talking with him after warmups, just felt like uh, probably best to to sit this one out. Um, now, how about this one, Shane? Florida. At home, whoops up on South Carolina, 38-6. to <laughs> Look how Florida started this game, Shane. Touchdown, touchdown, yeah. touchdown, field goal, half, field goal. So, I mean, they were just scoring at will. And here's South Carolina right after halftime, Shane. Fumble, fumble, fumble. <laughs> Any <laughs> shot in hell they had, they, they fumbled it away, literally. The only point scored by South Carolina in this one, Shane, came off a fake punt pass, Kai Kroger, Hit the carryout joiner and no. joiner busted it for a 48 yard touchdown. I mean, this at, at, at that point, Shane, Kroger, mm-hmm. Kai Kroger had more passing yards than Spencer Rattler in this ball game. And listen, I listed this out, Shane. I rewatched the game this morning. These are the third down distances South Carolina faced, and I this is every single one. I didn't leave one out. Third and 14, third and 17, third and 11. Third and six, third and nine, third and six, third and six, third and 16. And then here's the two manageable ones, third and three, third and four. Guess what? They didn't convert those those two short ones. And then finally, third and 28. So, I mean, just a masterful game plan here. <laughs> if you don't want to <laughs> score any points, you know what? Oh, man. I put out a meme there with – 
uh, Trump saying there, there's, there's no, what did I say? Oh, shit, how'd it go? There is no, there's no strategy. No, no yeah. strategy. No strategy. There's no strategy. There's no strategy. There's no strategy. You know, I can't do his voice, but that's basically Satterfield's offense right now. And it's like, how many times we got to say it? It almost gets, you almost don't want to talk about it. It's like Jimbo. I know we're getting to it. You keep putting it off. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about getting fired because he should be fired. Yeah. I don't want to talk about Satterfield because he should be fired, but he's not. Instead, we're going to come out here. We're going to keep running little screens to the right, screens to the left, little flats you know to my running backs and just for some reason they're trying to win the 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 ver or the horizontal game not the vertical <laughs> game and you know it, it has felt like we weren't getting any downfield passing till it was third and 17 or third and 18 yeah. you're not giving rattler a shot and, and if i'm rattler i do you stick do you stick in columbia if you let's say not with the same this, offensive coordinator, I'm just saying that's what I'm saying, Mike. If this thing plays out like we are, like it's going right now, we get to the end of the season. We're we're talking about some of these schools. There's going to be fire sales, brother. There's going to be portals loading up. A and M's one of them. Is South Carolina another? Is South Carolina going to be one of those schools at the end if things keep going the way they're going right now? Empty out. Well, they got a lot of guys in last cycle so they know yeah. how to attract talent via the portal but yeah if massive changes are not made on the offensive side of the ball they, they need an offensive line coach they need an offensive play caller if they bring back the guys they got now yeah i mean i hell why would you come back you know and i yeah it they got a lot of talent that i think will go on to the nfl and I, it'll be their version of alvin kamara you know maybe not to that level because he's such a unique talent in the NFL, but players that are productive in the NFL that did not get it. Like a Debo Samuel, if you're yeah. a South Carolina <laughs> fan. That's another one mm -hmm. that, unfortunately, different staff, obviously. But, man, we spent this whole time. We didn't shout out Florida. They're rushing yeah. attack, Shane. 54 rushes, 374 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. Johnson, ETN, both went over 100, and AR, Shane, 96. So they were four yards away from having three 100-yard rushers. All of a sudden, South Carolina can't stop a damn cold on defense. And, and mm -hmm. South Carolina only had 44 rushing yards. So, you know, those one and two yards up the gut, those were not working for the Gamecocks. This is yeah. four games in a row. Anthony Richardson has not had a turnover. That's been paramount. And, uh, you know, I know we don't talk a ton of recruiting, Shane, but this was pretty interesting because I think it was late Thursday – they flipped a, a quarterback commit, one of the top 20 prospects in the country, Jaden Rashada, from Miami, who had, who had apparently mm -hmm. signed this huge NIL deal. I guess the, maybe the check got lost in the mail. I don't know what happened, but he's a Gator. That's all we care about. And interestingly, Shane, in one of these recruiting pieces, I don't, I don't know if it's true or not, but he noted that Anthony Richardson is not going to be there next year as part of the reason he's coming. So – yeah. Maybe he knows something. Anthony Richardson was asked after this game, is this your final game here in the Swamp? He he wouldn't say yes or no. So read into that what you will, but he's playing the best football of his career. I would love to see Anthony Richardson come back because I think he needs another year of, of to be elite. We have seen him be elite, but yeah. we have also seen him be terribly inconsistent. So I would love to see a full season of him just being at that elite level and just see what Florida can do. But that'll be a storyline for a different day. But but all of a sudden, Shane, back-to-back -back conference wins for the Gators. And 
They just they yeah. just embarrassed South Carolina. This is one of the worst losses. Of course, they've had a couple bad losses there at, at right. Carolina, but this is this was a beatdown, Mike. Yeah, this was an absolute beatdown. It, it was like, go ahead and show them the playbook. Let them know. <laughs> which way we're running, and you're not going to stop it. Johnson, ETN, those two, they're coming back next year. You know, I don't know if Anthony Richardson is, but those two monsters are. Yeah. And, and and I'm telling you, if I'm if I'm looking for a job or a quarterback or offensive line, I want to be a part of that show because that is – that's going to be dangerous, one-two combo there. Uh, because when they get to going downfield, you cannot stop. That Johnson kid, brother. Mm. Uh, nothing against ETN. I, I South Carolina. I saw the jokes. You know, you you had Clemson's ETN, and now you've got Florida. <laughs> so uh, they're gonna hate that name for a few years. But brother, this this was just a, a just a beatdown is all it was, and and it felt like there was a little give up. I hate to say it, South Carolina fans. You may not want to hear it. You may have saw it. You may have turned this thing off. But it really did feel like there was a little give up on both sides of the ball there. And that's a little discouraging because the schedule doesn't get easier for South Carolina. Yeah. And one final guy we got to shout out. We mentioned all those fumbles for South Carolina. One of them was oh, yeah. Desmond <laughs> Wilson, the, the big old boy, 400-pounder, with the uh, the photo of the weekend, uh-huh. stiff-arming Spencer Rattler, I mean, just just an incredible, incredible individual performance, and that is just one boy you do not want to have no. to tackle coming down the train tracks. You know what? Mm-mm. That's like when we were over at your house. You know, if there was one last little Debbie, <laughs> boy, I grabbed that damn thing. You couldn't bring me to the ground. <laughs> All right, final game, Shade. If you thought LSU Arkansas was ugly, you ain't seen nothing yet. Auburn. 13, Texas A&M, 10. The scene was incredible. Night game, big recruiting weekend. The the fans were rocking. The alumni were rocking. Huge recruiting weekend. Great win for Cadillac. Shane, how drunk do you think I would have been if I would have told you preseason that Cadillac Williams was going to outcoach Jimbo Fisher? I mean, nobody in their right mind would have said that in the preseason, but that's what happened, Shane. I love referencing these drive charts. Here's Texas A&M's drive chart to start the game. Punt, 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 field goal, fumble, touchdown. <laughs> mm, I mean, they're they're the worst team in the SEC, aren't they? No, I, it's hard for me to – I mean, all those damn papers that Jimbo carries on the sideline, not one of them is a good damn play. <laughs> <laughs> it, it felt like it felt this was just a joke it's just an absolute joke and i'm tired of it i, I told you i don't want to pile on i want to talk about the positive here the positive is this fan base never gives up yeah never both of them i'm not gonna lie texas a&m great following had fans there traveled with the team to watch this ball game you know a lot of people would not you would if you if the roles were reversed this were in a different conference man there's probably fifteen thousand people in that stands this place is packed and when cadillac came on the field they were on their feet because of all the good things that cadillac has brought to that university they came out to support him and these players these kids are fighters man they were fighting there's there was no rhyme or reason for them winning other than just they 
they wanted it more. And, and that's what happened with Auburn. I'm so proud of him. I'm proud of Cadillac. He's an emotional win. He came out after the game. Uh, that's, that's, that's the highlight, man. And you think about all the good things. You think about all the good things that Cadillac's done over his, his time as a player. And I would venture to say that's the highlight of his career right now is winning an SEC victory at his alma mater. And it's just a beautiful story. Thank you for your support and attendance. How does that feel? All glory go to God. God is good. I'm so appreciative of this Army family. Many fans. They showed up and showed out, man. The energy. The atmosphere here. Man, I, I, just, I just think I'm so appreciative for this institution. I'm forever indebted to it. I love serving these young men, man. It's coaching staff. It's bigger than me. It's just not my show, man. We we are together. We family. So, and you can tell he cares. That's he. He cares. That's the key he cares. thing. And I know all yes. these coaches. You know they're competitive. They want to win. Yada yada. They get they get paid millions of dollars. Cadillac would have done this for free. You know because yeah. he does not want to see Auburn dead last in the West. And yeah. thanks to him, they're not anymore. They've moved up. You know they got a couple more games here to go. You know, we, but this, like you said, this was a in two seasons. This is the highlight of our Auburn football, mm-hmm. and he managed it in two weeks' time. Yes, it's there. It's this is a great tool, Mike, for recruiting. I don't think Cadillac's the future, right. clearly, um, but I think I think it's important to showcase what. They're selling down there on the plains. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are afraid of the boosters. They're afraid of, you know, the noise behind the scenes and whatever. Right. You go out, you get you a new AD. You come out, these fans are pumped up. They're excited for a win. I mean, you're selling this to a coach. You're going to try to bring somebody down there that may be a little bit leery of your program. But when they can turn on the tape and see that these fans are hungry, these players are hungry, they just need guidance. I'm telling you, it may this this job just got a little bit more sexy, if you ask me. Yeah, and they just opened their new facility. They've been showing that out. Mm-hmm. That I think that was on Friday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, you see the scenery. You see, again, they had lost five games in a row. It's a sellout. It's a it's a madhouse yeah. down there for mm-hmm. a night game. How could you not find this an attractive job? And and again, this is with them at the bottom of the bottom. Imagine what this place can be when they're rocking, when they're rolling, when they've mm-hmm. got everybody pushing in the same direction. This is why we say Auburn can win SEC championships. They can win national championships. They can, you can win a Heisman Trophy down there. It has all been done before. And, hell, with the transfer portal now, Shane, yep. you can turn the roster around during an off season. And I can't wait to see who they get because if there is somebody on the fence, I don't know how you can look at that, what we just saw on Saturday night, and turn this job down. So cannot wait for it. Tank Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter, Shane, both 121 rushing yards. They were keys to the game there. Oh, yeah. You said you didn't want to talk negative about A&M, so I'll do it. Minus two yards in the third quarter. <laughs> Devon Ache didn't play. We saw what yeah. – this is what the offense is without Devon Ache. Moose Muhammad did not play. He says because he's got a sleeve on. And and apparently Jimbo don't put up with sleeves. Uh, this is the they were the A and M. Listen to that. Listen <laughs> to what you just said, Mike. Say that one more time, a little bit slower, so everybody can hear how stupid it sounds. 
Moose Muhammad, his, this is word for word what he says. I want to clear the air. I was benched for wearing arm sleeves, something my teammates and opponents wear frequently for protection. I apologize to my teammates and fans and look forward to getting back on the field. Jimbo would not comment on this, would not comment on why Moose Muhammad was not suited up. But, hell, you sure as hell could have used him. So I don't know what the hell's going on there, but we got suspensions. We got mm-hmm. players are going to be hitting the portal. We're probably going to be getting opt-outs soon here. This this locker room is a mess. It's a divided room. And, I mean, it's, it's just a shit show down there in College Station. That's, that's the only way to describe it. And maybe the most damning thing of all, Shane, post-game, kick it over oh. to Jimbo real quick. It sounds like this man has no intention of revitalizing the offense. No. No. None, none, none and, whatsoever. Absolutely. And if you're just listening, just know he's wearing sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> Jimbo, would a, uh, this performance, would that lead you to, would this be the thing that would lead you to uh, uh, change the offense and bringing somebody else to help you? Well, I mean, there's, listen, the offense we run is still the same, just similar all schemes across the board. We just got to call it better, coach it better, and do it better. And, and if we bring somebody in, if that whatever happens, it doesn't matter. He's still verticals or verticals, smashes or smashes, and like, we got to get it coached better and do a better job of it. So we'll evaluate everything. Oh, man. So, yeah, I'm not going to stat any or, or cite any terrible Jimbo stats because I'll probably get them wrong, but just they're they're dead last in the West, and this is inexcusable, you know, mm. in, in every three sense. And se- three and seven, Mike. Three and seven, and you still got LSU looming. Who who they got next week? UMass. Oh, God, UMass. I don't even know if there's a point spread on that one, but I'd be interested. I, Mike, this this is – I don't know, man. It, it's the post game that got me. I wasn't going to say anything, really. I, I mean, I, I teased. I threw a few memes out there, and, and, of course, it's – you know, that's what we do. We poke and fun. But – the fact he came out and the statements that, you know, the offense works. I just need, I, you know, no, it doesn't. And, and, and he's so bullheaded. This is what you got. Aggies. This is what you got. I think that's what they know. Yeah. They clearly, they know that they, they got to get him out of there. Got to get him. You got to fire Jimbo. I'm sorry, man. What if he I'm loses sorry. the UMass? It doesn't matter if he wins out, to be honest with you, brother. We're at that point. They're not going to a bowl game. This is just – it is a hotbed garbage. Nobody's going to come down there and play. If I'm a if I'm a recruit, short of you just paying me millions of dollars, I'm not going to play down there, period. Yeah. I want to go somewhere where I can take my talents to the next level. And, and Jimbo is not going to cower down and pick up a coordinator and re, and release the reins to someone else and let them get the praise for some reason. That's just not in his DNA. So short of you firing him, this is what you're stuck with for the next five to six years. And I just don't see Aggies doing that. They've got too much invested. I know that's a lot of money with Jimbo, but they got a lot more. They just built a damn stadium. They've got all that. There's millions and millions of dollars. And we got more of it coming when ABC takes over this thing. So, no, they're not going to keep Jimbo Fisher around. He gets fired at the end of the season. I'm just convinced. I'm convinced because of these stupid-ass comments when he comes out and he is not going to let someone help him. He says, well, let's just keep going. Keep ramming my head against the wall and eventually good things will happen. No, you're going to lose half your roster at the end of the season because nobody wants to play for your dumbass. 
Sorry, you may want to edit that out in case in case he wants to do an interview later. <laughs> well, hey, that's a perfect way to, to transition to this, Shane. Week 12 opening lines, and we do have a line for UMass Texas A&M. So let's start right there. What do you think the point spread is for UMass at A&M? It's not fair. I just saw it. 33 <laughs> and a half. So if they lose this one, by God. Heads have yeah. to roll. You know what I mean? I mean, this apparently this is like but the worst team in, you can't in college say that. football. We can't say that anymore, Mike. We've been saying that for the last four weeks. <laughs> you know, if you lose to this team, you've got to get them out. If you lose to this team, no. Yeah. You've lost to those teams. So, if UMass comes in here, it would just be comic relief. I, I really do. I, I, I think somebody is going to take Jimbo out, you know, and – outside the stadium and whoop his ass or something. But I just I, – no, it, it's it's past that time. I'm done with him. I, I would – I hope that they, they bench him. I hope that he – I don't see him on the sideline. Take one of those uh, assistant coaches. Let him loose and, and watch. Watch, Mike. You do that, I guarantee – there may be a shot that they beat LSU. Hmm. All right, how about this one, Shane? Western Kentucky at Auburn. Oh, fired up, man. Um, back down to earth here. Auburn. I'm still going to give Auburn minus nine. Six. Okay. So, apparently, yeah. I have, I'll have. i ask Stephen about this Western Kentucky, but they must be pretty good if it's less than a touchdown. You know what? Is it still – what's his name? He used to coach at Tennessee. Is he still a head coach up there? Uh, I think so. The offensive – Hilton. Yeah. That, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's why. Well, I don't know if that's it. It <laughs> may be their their cool mascot and their shiny helmets or something. No, they they they've got a they they've had pretty decent teams. So I, I'm I'm not rolling them out, but that that'll be a good game. How about New Mexico State at Missouri? God, it seems like we've seen them like 15 times now. <laughs> so I love Missouri. I'm telling you, I'm I am a fan of them. Even though we beat them, uh, give me Mizzou minus 13 and a half. 27. Shit. I don't love them enough, I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final uh, non-conference. I guess they're expecting de- defensive touchdowns in that game. <laughs> How about UAB at LSU? Uh, 20? Uh, minus 20, LSU? 14. That That's kind of oh, okay. tricky, too. You know what? Yeah, it's a little alarming. I don't know what they got down there. I've I've watched zero UAB games, so right. that one's that that one's kind of weird. Pop up two scores, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna have to do a little more research on those guys. Now we got four conference games here, Shane. Florida at Vanderbilt. What's your opening line for that? Oh, Florida. The way they're playing right now, I don't want any part of them. So give me Florida minus twenty four. It's only fifteen. A little love for oh, Vandy okay. there. All right. <laughs> that one's going to move quick. <laughs> How about Tennessee at South Carolina? Oh, uh, oh, buddy. Tennessee minus 28. 21. Okay. All right. How about Georgia? Home field. Yeah. Georgia at Kentucky. Georgia at Kentucky. Give me Georgia minus 26 and a half. 22. These lines feel off, don't they? They're probably moving. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to get some bets in, it's Monday. Get it in there. Now, this, according to the spread, Shane, game of the week here. Ole Miss at Arkansas. These two hate each other. Back and forth series. 
opening line for this one? Oh man, not knowing what KJ situation is, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ole Miss minus eleven. Two. So I, I, they're assuming he's playing, I guess, right? Okay, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Well, do you think – let's say he's not playing, what do you think the spread should be? Do you think it should be like a two-score? 20. <laughs> I mean, they can't move the ball without him, you know what? Yeah, but they're pretty good against the run. They, right, or right. they were this week, so that's 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 their bread and butter. So, I don't know. The, the only thing I want to call to attention here, Shane, this is interesting to me. All four SEC matchups – the away team is favored. So, oh. hey, be on the lookout for that. I bet you one of these home teams springs an upset. I'll just go out and say that now. Uh, now, it's probably a little obvious which one I'm looking at here, but that's the way it always goes, Shane. I mean, these home teams getting a disrespect. Could it be yeah. Kentucky trying to salvage their season? Could it be South Carolina doing the same? I don't know. Vanderbilt could be red hot. Florida may see this as a joke that Florida Vanderbilt has been a tight series at times Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. So I'm just saying the entire conference getting disrespected at home. Something's bound to give here. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. So I called upset weekend last weekend. Now you're going this week. (laughs) Exactly. All right. I see what you're playing here. All right. Yeah. We'll have to do that later in the week when we break down these, uh, these teams. Cause some lot, not a lot, a lot of out of conference games too. So, uh, Uh, this one's this and the spreads are a little closer than I'd like. So I'd like to hear, uh, your show tomorrow and see what, uh, what these other guys are bringing, especially UAB. That one blows my mind. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, be on the lookout for that. Steven Lassen joining the show, but, uh, you got anything else, brother? We've, we've gone a little bit long before we hop off the line. We always go longer when Tennessee wins. I don't know if you noticed that. So I don't know if that's a trend. Uh, no, this, again, it was great. Great, great college football. Um, obviously, if you're on the, you know, on the bad end of that, it was a terrible, terrible weekend. But, brother, I from start to finish, I, I just couldn't get enough of it. I watched a couple of games twice even uh, just, just to take in the environment. That Auburn one especially, mm-hmm. it was just – it was all the rules were out. It was there was no. It was, it was just, like a backyard football, brawl. Man. You know it was, man. It's like they get in the huddle and say, "All right, you go up five and take a right." You know, <laughs> that's what it kind of felt like. And maybe that's the way Cadillac was coaching this thing. But you know, I just I loved it. I loved the grit. I saw I saw it with Missouri. Man, they fought like hell. Yeah, they traveled well. Had a lot of good fans there. I saw it in Kentucky. Man, not I mean Vanderbilt didn't have a huge following, but there was there was so much heart and emotion every first down, man. That that whole bench, if you watch it, because a lot of these games you'll watch. If they're the offense is out on the field, the defense is on the bench, not even watching. It It wasn't like it with Vandy; they were all up there. It was a team effort. It almost felt like a a, like a high school matchup. So Mm -hmm. there was just so much good football, and I expect more of it this week, Mike. And uh, we got to find out Simi's injury. So as soon as you get some of that out, I'm sure you're going to throw it on the twitters or the YouTubes. And if you've not subscribed yet. Please jump on that SEC podcast on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. It takes two seconds. And if you ain't got a koozie and you say, hey, well, I don't got an iPhone. Well, everybody's got YouTube. Subscribe. <laughs> screenshot it. Email it to that SEC podcast at gmail.com. And Mike can get you a beer koozie before the season's up. Yeah, absolutely, Shana. And last thing I got, like you said, kind of in the, in the beginning, this schedule this weekend, not great just by looking at it. 
But boy, would you take it in February, March, (laughs) April, May, June, July. So, hey, soak in these games that we got. There's bound to be some upsets, some great games this Saturday. Cannot wait to break these games down and talk some SEC football all week long. But that is going to do it for this episode of the show. Appreciate each and every one of you. And I especially appreciate you, you big Tennessee homer. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go Vols.